Back with Rural Queensland today for this Friday morning, the 7th of July. And um, we couldn't quite catch up with uh, Senator Susan McDonnell last week, but she uh, is joining us this morning, the regular Friday morning guest here on the program. Uh, Good morning, Susan. Good morning to you, Andrew. And yes, I was uh, crook as a dog last week. I think half the state's been down with Lurgy, but uh, all recovered now and really pleased to to join you on the radio this morning. Now, Susan, big day um, for you with uh, Senate pre-selection happening. That's exactly right, Andrew. And it's it's another good reason to join the LNP is that as a delegate to the the State Council, you get to come and be a part of the decision-making for choosing senators. And uh, every six years, I have to go forward and put forward my name for the party to decide if I will be their candidate to go on the ticket to go to the election uh, at the at the, for the Senate at the next election. So it's five years since I went up last time, and uh, and so here I am again, and it's a very big day, and it's exciting and nerve wracking, and yeah. A very good day. Now, um, let's move on to a few topics for this morning, including CASA, who have reinstated approval for landing on a few of our small islands. Yes, and uh, I spoke to to Ben about this a while ago because last October, CASA, in their infinite wisdom, removed the approval for landing at all strips in the Torres Strait uh, they set, made a safety case, despite there being no incidents on landing on these islands for over 20 years for Skytrans, which was the commercial operator. And, and so they forced community members at uh, Mabiag Island and um, Arab Island into boats onto dinghy wow. in the open ocean. 10 Ks rather than go on a proven safe aircraft. And, of course, the very predictable outcome happened, Andrew, where we lost the life of a very respected uh, woman from Cairns. Uh, It doesn't matter who it was, but this is just a massive failure of bureaucratic rubbish coming out of Canberra and making life harder for those of us who live in rural, regional and remote places and rely on aircraft. Anyway, I'm delighted that on Wednesday, Skytrans was able to demonstrate landing weights uh, and those services are returning to those islands, uh, but it was an unnecessary break in proceedings. I cannot believe that those citizens of Australia in the Thursday Islands Torres Strait Islands, I should say, haven't enjoyed the same effort and energy as Labor would be giving you if you lived in inner city um, Sydney. It's just been appalling. Anyway, the service has been uh, returned and uh, it's just another demonstration of how, you know, how out of touch they are. I wouldn't say we're on the road to the 2024 state elections, but you can sort of see it bubbling away in the distant. And the first set of polls uh, has been released and the uh, results aren't looking too good for the Palaszczuk government. No, I think they're just a reflection of what everybody knows. They know that uh, our health services are 
unless that uh, ringing an ambulance may not mean one will turn up or in a timely way, uh, that there is ramping at the hospitals, that there is uh, reduced health care at some places. Um, maternity services at Gladstone has been in the paper. I mean, that's a town of 80,000 people. Yep. We're forcing mums on the road for prenatal, antenatal care as well as giving birth. Um, the the uh, crime is out of control. The crime minister, the uh, Attorney General, Megan Scanlon, was the very minister who changed the legislation that removed bail as a, a breach of bail as an offence mm. and made um, jail a last, last resort for magistrates. And then we've watched as the state has spiralled out of control with youth crime. And guess what? The, the Premier has put her back in charge of that same portfolio. Mm. So it's just madness. Um, we know that taxes are increasing in the state both personally and for coal companies, the very places that should be investing here and they're walking away in droves. Um, so what we're seeing is a Queensland, a state that is blessed with every natural asset and, um, you know, lifestyle and everything great in the world, and yet the government has spent another eight years buggering it up so... These polls are demonstrating that Queenslanders have had enough. If there was an election today, they would change government. Now, what? that doesn't mean that they will in 16 months' time, but it should be a warning to Palaszczuk, a last warning, get your house sorted, because otherwise the state will change government. One, one interesting note I did see from the polls that, that probably is something that the LNP need to have a look at as well, that 39% of the people polled weren't, sure who the leader of the opposition was. Now, what can David Christofuli do to get these people knowing who he is? I mean, he came on the scene with a bang uh, when, when he got elected as the party leader. And look, I've met him a couple of times. He comes out west. Um, but what can he do, the party do, to more or less win the election as opposed to Labor losing it? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And over my time being around uh, politics. It's my observation that oppositions don't win government. Governments lose mm. government. And uh, and so it is David Christofuli and the, his team's job to be a credible opposition, to be safe hands for Queenslanders to change to. But really, they're deciding whether or not they want this government, this failed, inept, hopeless administration, just failing in integrity and service delivery, uh, on every level. So, David Christofuli, I think, well, let's, let's think back to when Anastasia Palaszczuk won as a Premier, mm. uh, leader of 11 members of Parliament. Nobody knew who she was, uh, but the, the government of the day, the LNP, I'm sad to say, lost the, lost the support of Queenslanders. Queenslanders at that point didn't care who they were not voting for. Uh, who they're voting for, sorry, just wasn't him. And I think you will find it'll be the same with Palaszczuk. And I think David Christopher and the team are demonstrating their credible alternative. Moving on now, and The Voice, it's being spoken about, I think, on nearly every news bulletin. It seemed... Well, it's, it's sort of... It's a really divided opinion on, on The Voice. Um, lots of different opinions, Um 
the campaign has just been all over the place and I think has lost a hell of a lot of credibility uh, on our way to a national referendum. That's exactly right. And, and one of the great tragedies is that because there was so little detail provided by the government at the outset, is that they're now trying to plug holes. So the minister's coming out and saying, well, th- these are the only things, these are the four topics that will be able to be referred to. There's nowhere that, that it's referred to in the constitutional change. Um, in statement from the heart, we've got Thomas Mayo, one of the uh, one of the architects in the statement of the heart, basically coming out as a as um, you know a rabid kind of communist. He's he's got very clear ideals about pulling down the society as we as we live in it. Um, it's it's made everybody, I think, very nervous about what it is exactly that Albanese is asking people to sign up for. I just think it is too big a deal. Constitutional change is too big a deal to do this if we're not incredibly clear on what we're doing. Mm. So Peter Dutton said to Albo, uh, I'll support you if you want to delay this, if you want to amend it, you want to take some time and take a better proposal, but uh, it's boots and all from the Albanese government. So uh, I think we have no choice but to vote uh, to vote against this, to say no at the referendum, because it is too uncertain, it is too divisive, uh, it, it is um, permanent, it is almost impossible to make constitutional change. And so... If this were to get up, uh, we would have no ability to amend it uh, in the way that government is suggesting, oh, we'll just amend the legislation. Well, I think we all know that that's, that's not true. Once something's in the Constitution, the High Court will determine the shape and breadth of it. So it is. It, this is, I think it's, it's incredibly concerning that despite the Albanese government saying this has been consulted with for Indigenous Australians for a number of years. Well, the first most Australians more broadly have seen of it has been in the last six months and they're saying, I just don't have enough information. I feel worried about what the impact for the longer term will be. I can see that it's dividing my communities and my country. Uh, this is something Australia should be incredibly proud of. It's strong, multiracial tapestry. If we have a problem with disadvantage in this country, I think we need to look at the root cause. And I don't believe it's race. I believe it's geography and poverty. Mm -hmm. So when you go to very remote communities that there's no availability for jobs, there is um, not adequate health care and education, that it is our job to rectify that not change our constitution to recognise race in it. Well, as it stands at the moment, you could pull up 10 people of any race, Indigenous, whatever, and ask them what the voice is, and um, probably 10 blank faces would look at you or 10 different answers. It's it's quite incredible um, that this is moving forward. Anyhow, we'll wrap it up there. Senator Susan MacDonald, um, good luck today with the pre-selection, and uh, you'll be back with Ben next Friday on Rural Queensland Today. Thanks, Andrew. It's been great having you on air. It is Rural Queensland today, heard across the Resonate Broadcast Network.